Gaius Apuleius Diocles. I think you said it wrong. Apuleius. Apule- oh, shit. Gaius Apuleius. We've been practicing this one. Yeah, I know. And I fucked it up right on the first one. What do you know about him? I know now that he is the wealthiest athlete to ever live. It's not Lionel Messi. It's not Michael Jordan. Not Tiger Woods. Not Cristiano Ronaldo. And see, this is the great part about, you know, people shit on social media nowadays. But when I'm randomly scrolling, making my lunch, this is what I find. I find a little clip of Gaius Apelius Diocles. And now he is, I mean, undisputed. I mean, you can dispute it, actually. But the wealthiest athlete of all time. Who is this guy, Ryan? What what sport did he play? You know, was he was he a golfer? You know, baseball. What did he play? So, it's a great question. So, you know, everyone knows Rome by the Colosseum, right? Gladiators. Everyone thinks gladiators fighting. You know, but that as they say, it, they couldn't do that every day because you know a lot of people dead. People die every day. People die. People die doing that. So, and there were high only, attrition. Yeah, only a few thousand people could fit in the Colosseum. But I think it was more than a few. I think about fifty thousand. Okay, so it's it's a good yeah. It's a good uh, spectator. It. Yeah. Okay. But Actually, can you imagine that? Just just real quick before we move on. So think of like Bank of America Stadium. It's probably what like sixty thousand. I think it's eighty-ish. Is 80? it eighty? I think it's eighty-ish. Okay. Yeah. Imagine a pretty comparable crowd to that, just watching a bunch of dudes fight to the death in the middle. <laughs> you for, feel just for some perspective. I feel like people would be going crazy. The Panthers don't give oh, that much yeah. to hear about. That's for sure. Do you think, and you could gamble on it too? Yeah. Like there. You yeah. Can gamble on it. It's probably encouraged. Holy shit. Certainly encouraged. But, anyways. Anyways. Go on. So, yeah. 50,000 about in the Coliseum. 50,000. But right down the road was the Circus Maximus, where they would have chariot races. The chariot races were the big money. There were 250,000 seats at this stadium in Rome. And you can still see the track, they say, like around it. But this was the big spectator sport because they would have, I think there were four teams and they would have, they would have races all the time in that video we were listening to. Like, I, I think they said on average, there would be about 66 race days a year. So you think you break it down in, in weeks, obviously 52 weeks in a year. So you're getting, you know, multiple races in a week. Sometimes you're doubling up. I don't know if yeah. there's an off season. Uh, or not. I think Rome, probably pretty comfortable climate. You know, you probably don't have to shut it down for the winter too right. much. So I'm sure during the summer, maybe they, they have a little bit more and during festivals and things like that. But yeah, so pretty, pretty high volume of races here. And, and so, and they only had four teams of this. There was the white, the green, the red, and the blue. So the way I see this, obviously a lot less creatively named. I think yeah. you know, yeah. we've, we've come a long way. Well, there wasn't branding back then. You know? we, we've you come a color. long way in terms of branding. Um, but I think of it like Formula One. You, know, you have Team Red Bull. You have yep. Uh, yep. Ferrari, Ferrari, all those guys. McLaren, all those, yep. So, but only four. Only four teams. Um, the most popular of the formats, I believe. I think there were multiple formats. Hmm. I think there's a single horse uh, chariot race, um, but the most popular by far was the race that had four horses per yep. chariot. Um, and the interesting part, Ryan, it's kind of similar to golf with making the cut, right? Not everybody walks home with a paycheck. Yeah, you got a place. You got to be a podium finish, top three, to to make the dough. So the fact that this guy could 
amass enough wins and enough top three finishes to be able to accumulate that kind of fortune when it's such a tight um, window to actually get paid out is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, whenever I mentioned this to you, you were wondering, you know, what were some like (laughs) in Rome, what were some economic drivers of this? And so we looked this up and, you know, for, well, should we say how much money he made before we talk about that? Yeah, drivers? let's let's talk a little bit. Let, let's really give justice to his athletic career okay. and yep. how much he made. And let's talk a little bit about how it converts into today's dollars. And then let's talk about how, like, what the hell was ancient Rome like to where yeah. guys couldn't be making this kind of money. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Should we run through his bio? Let's, let's run through the bio. All so... Right. Some st- I'll, I'll go through the, the starts, the wins, the placements, and then let's do some calculations. Okay. Should we give let, let's give a little bit let's give a little bit of an intro on him too. Okay. And this is this is a bit of a bio. Um, we, we're as a as a pod of the future, half and half club pod. We've integrated integrated uh, AI into our podcast yep. as of this week. Yep. We've uh, got a, a bio of our our buddy here, Gaius, uh, provided by ChatGPT. So here we go. Gaius Apuleius Diocles was a Roman charioteer who lived during the 2nd century AD. He was born around 104 AD uh, in Lamicum, a town in the Roman province of Lusitania, which is modern-day Portugal. A couple things to glean from that. Modern-day Portugal, probably a pretty good-looking dude. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Athlete, you know, those, those, those Spaniards and yep. uh, Portuguese. Uh, and also, 104 AD, so he was just short of the first century. You think about the kind of parties we had at like Y2K, 2000. You know, we were both young bucks. We didn't get to experience it yeah. uh, to its full extent. Imagine living in the year 100. It that was 99. Really Jesus just dope. died 99 years ago. <laughs> Here we are. Year 100 rolls around. First time we were in the triple digits. They were, People only lived to like 40 years old too. You know, like you think... They probably had to feel like they this were getting is, this is so late in history, too. Yeah. That's wild. Pretty wild. Um, but Diocles is renowned for his extraordinary success and wealth in the ra- uh, world of chariot racing. Uh, his career reaches peak in the city of Rome, where he competed in the Circus Maximus, uh, the venue that Ryan mentioned. And he became famous for his exceptional skills and was known for his cunning tactics and showmanship uh, often waiting until the last moment to make his move in racing. What do you call that? There's a name for that in, uh, I think, both NASCAR and then even cross-country running. When you're... Oh, when you're... Um, you're drafting off somebody? Yeah, what do they call it? In, in Talladega Nights, they mentioned Shake and bake, baby. Yeah, Talladega Nights. It's, I, you're, you're drafting I think off you're someone, drafting. but it's slingshot. Slingshot. You slingshot off someone. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, because... Our guy was saying, like a uh, uh, Ricky Bobby before his time. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, yeah, they were saying that, you know, he would win so many races by kind of slightly falling behind in second. And then on the seventh and last lap, because there were seven laps, he would whip around, take the lead, and win at, like, the last moment down the stretch. And that, acquired, that you know, got a lot it's, of people coming back to races. It's interesting, too, that it's touted as showmanship and a lot of the information that we've read so far, as opposed to, like, an actual racing strategy because that's kind of what it seems like because yes if if you think about nascar and and running there is a benefit to drafting behind somebody and and 
you know, not taking the full brunt of the wind force in front of Less you. And then, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then being able to strategically make your move. But it's, it's communicated as showmanship in a lot of the uh, information we've read so far. So I wonder if he really took on the role of an early day entertainer because mm. at their core level, the main value that's driven from sports and all the TV deals and everything like that is these guys are athletes, but they're, they're also entertainers. They're, yep. they're the highest paid entertainers yep. in the world. So, and, and these guys were obviously compensated very well. So he probably brought in, um, brought a lot of eyes to the sport just, Dude. just by being, yeah. And um, what is we were talking about being the, being the, the, person that people wanted to watch well yeah and we were talking about you know what were some economic drivers of this one like agriculture around there like a lot of money coming in through food and then two they had one of the biggest like like commerce was huge people were coming in and out of rome all the time so as you were saying on the trade routes you know people were like hey while you're in rome stop by the maximus check out our boy diocles he, and then he, he had to his his name had yeah, to have traveled absolutely like um, it, it had to For, to to get that kind of crowd two hundred fifty thousand people sixty six times a year and they were saying that he would make more money in a day than a, a Roman senator would in a year and that sounds like a lot but if we think about like let's think about some of these events so there's there's a golf tournament a, a PGA golf tournament not every weekend but. Pretty much every weekend. Very yeah. close, right? Pr- pretty much, yeah. And There's the a purse, season, but, but yeah. The purse for some of those, I mean, it's certainly, you're, you're talking millions of dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's higher than, you know, probably most most high-up government officials make. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. So, it doesn't seem that discomparable to modern-day sport when you have individual... Um, Individual competition, you know, when there's one winner as opposed to a team sport like football where there's 16 games and, and 52 guys on the team. So it's like the compensation structure just can't right. be well, like that. Well, it's, and, it's a winner-take-all kind of right. purse. It, well, and if you think about it, like, there's so much money in every major sport now. Mm-hmm. Back then they had two. Very concentrated. They had two. Very concentrated. So all of the yeah. money, like, that, that was the talk that, you know, right now that, you know, there are people who love football and baseball and basketball and golf and hockey and soccer, but like at the same time, and everyone has their little groups that they talk to about. But back then, there wasn't that. Like all you had was the gladiator fighting, you had chariot races, mm-hmm. and then you probably had it was like you the, probably had a handful. You of probably other, had a handful of here and there sports. Yeah, but but it's certainly none. Got, certainly none that are getting. Played in front of two hundred and fifty thousand. No, no. So this we don't is have what, sports today that are played in front of a, yeah. a live audience of two hundred fifty thousand. Right. So this is what everyone talked about, right here. So I think the last thing we should get into about his career, the last thing that we should mention, is that while he did have a very impressive win record, um, what really set him apart from the competition was his longevity in the sport. Yep. Diocles raced for twenty four years. To put that in perspective, he was. 42 years old when he died. Obviously, um, people did not live for as long back then. Um, Raced for 24 years, which was much longer than many of his peers. And the sport was actually pretty dangerous. Well, yeah, very dangerous. Well, all right. He didn't die at 42, though, remember? He retired at 42, and then he just fell off the grid. I I think he did. He did die? I think he did die at at 42. Um, But he raced for 24 years, started when he was 18. But you're so right. Let's though. do the math. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, okay. He, if he, he did had a, die, yes. he had a few good years of retirement. 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, in the, so in the hills of Italy, like as they were saying, so because they would tie the harness, the horse harnesses to their wrists. So if one of the horses went rogue, you know, ran away, like you were getting drugged across mm-hmm. across the dirt in front of everyone, two hundred fifty thousand right. people dying. But yeah, never happened to him. He never sustained a serious injury. So all right then. In order to accumulate this kind of wealth and to get that kind of paycheck, um, and, and, and take paycheck on the, and take on that kind of risk, yeah. Or uh, sorry, to take on that kind of risk in front of that many fans, what's a paycheck look like? How much did this guy accumulate over the course of his career? If if so, if I had to guess, you know, before I knew the number, if I had to guess what it would be worth today, I'd say you know. If he's in the, the Tiger Woods talk, the, the Tom Brady talk, all that, I'd say close to a billion, you know, right around per, there. Cause that's, no, 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 overall overall earnings, you know, after everything is settled. Before I knew this number, I'd say around okay. a billion because that's what a lot of, like, some of the the best at their sport Okay, get. all right. Well, I, I got a bone to pick with you, Ryan. Because I don't think you ever knew this story without knowing the number that his – Wealth accumulation uh, equated to in modern terms. No, I'm way under it. You're you're way under it, but but you're like saying... no, I'm thinking if if you're just talking about the best in their sport, you look at Lionel Messi, you look okay. at the the Mbappe deal. That's how we saw this. Okay. You look at Tiger Woods, some of the best that have ever played their sport, and they're around a billion. So I'm like, if this dude's the goat of chariot, chariot racing. racing, charioteer. Right, and then if they're talking about how much money they're throwing, okay, maybe I'll say a few hundred mil, you know, in today's money, maybe. Yeah, I think the the key differential is I would have assumed that because it's ancient times, they would not have been able to have the kind of economy that would support um, being able to have ridiculously paid athletes. You know, we have ridiculously paid athletes right now and entertainers in general. Uh, as a result of you know having our basic needs covered and being able to have excess money that we can spend on these kind of things that are that are truly forms of entertainment that add to our lives outside of our basic needs, um, and we'll get into that very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you you would have thought that his total earnings or worth would have been in the hundreds of millions yeah. to billion to be the goat in a thriving ancient empire. Um, in the sport. In the sport. Yeah. So let's not give away the number just yet. Okay. Um, let's let's talk about his total earnings, which were uh, thirty-five million sesterces. Okay. Do you know the conversion of a sesterce to a dollar? I do not. I have no idea, and I don't think anyone does because it's <laughs> an ancient currency not, not actively trading today. Uh, so all of these numbers that we're going to throw out. Um, obviously are going to be pretty speculative and we'll give a little bit of detail yeah, on, on uh, how they get to him. But So his earnings estimated as some of over 35 million sesterces. Now, there's a few things we know. We know that Gaius Apelius Diocles raced in 4,257 races. Very exact number for something that happened over 2,000 years ago. So either there's some great records or... Uh, yeah. People are pretty confident in some spotty data. But uh, that's his total number of races. We're looking at the screen right now. Wins, 1,462. And an additional 1,438 placements. Placements are only the top three positions. So that means 
of those 1,438 placements, he's coming in second or third. Um, for a total, on the dot, 2,900 total placements, total paychecks, right? You yeah. don't, don't get paid if you don't finish top Unless three. Unless you're in the top three. And you take on a lot of risk. Yeah, dude. It's not like missing the cut no. <laughs> at, a, at a PGA tournament. You know, maybe you hurt your wrist, your, your back gets tweaked a little yeah. bit, and you're, your neck on, might a, get you're on a you're on a PJ back home. Yeah, you're fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you are getting dragged across a, a stadium by horses and probably trampled. Yep. Um, so, yeah, tough sport to be in if you're not, uh, if you're not good enough to stand on the podium. Um, okay. So we're saying 35 million sesterces. Mm-hmm. And twenty nine hundred payouts. Right. So let's do a little bit of math here. Thirty five beep, boop, beep, boop. million sesterces divided by two thousand nine hundred payouts for an average payout of one thousand two hundred and six sesterces. Okay. Per race. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. I missed a zero there. Okay. 12,000 sesterces per payout. So to put that in today's terms, I think we're going to have to do the conversion. We're going to have to give out the number. Okay. Tell them. Okay. Career earnings. So the the math here was pretty speculative um, from what we've seen. Obviously, in the headline, it's going to be presented as just a number to, to get you to click on it. Um, but digging in, we got a little bit more detail. There's not a lot of great comparisons on how you convert sesterces into dollar dollars. Obviously, like we mentioned, clearly not actively traded. So the method that they used to do this conversion was looking at what you could buy with 35 million sesterces in ancient Rome and comparing that to, uh, today's purchase power. Correct. So the equivalents of what you could do were you could feed Rome for an entire year, the city of Rome for an entire year, um, or you could fund the entire Roman army uh, for a matter of months, which is pretty impressive. The conversion to today's dollars in order to accomplish those things, 15 billion. With a B. 15 billion. Today's top athletes in terms of earnings are just north of a million. We've got Michael Jordan on plenty of endorsement deals. Um, one of the numbers we saw quoted was like $2.6 billion, but that's inflation adjusted. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tiger's up there. Cristiano Ronaldo's up there. Messi's up there in terms of, uh, I think, what, Manny Pacquiao, maybe Floyd Mayweather. Yep. Um, in terms of billion-plus earners. So this dude just blows them all out of the water. No one has come close. Do, what do you... Like, all right, let's do, all right, so he had a 34% win rate. He had, let's see, 2,800, 2,900 placements. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's just, let's just, okay, let's just do it by, let's do, like, what he averaged per payment. 15 bill. Okay. This is a great podcast. This is a lot of zeros. Yeah, it's a, my, it's a well. Okay, so here, here's the here's the problem. I'm on my phone calculator right now. Yeah. It won't let you get up to fifteen billion. It will if you turn it sideways. You ever done that? 
Wow, I have now. I've got a whole scientific calculator. <laughs> it's awesome. Pro tip, turn your phone turn your phone sideways, people. It's fantastic. On the calculator. I've got 15 billion entered in here, Ryan. Okay. All right. Let's do the math. Divided by 2,900 wins. Yep. So now this number is pretty stifling. <laughs> yeah. This, Let, this let's, is, see, let's see if we did our math right. I'm getting 5.1 milli. This is, this is per placement, not per win. This is per right. placement. Okay. I got $5,172,413. It's exactly what I got. Yeah. <laughs> the math checks out. There's, there's honestly, Jesus there's honestly uh, not much that I've experienced recently that's more nerve-wracking than trying to do simple math yeah. live on a podcast. <laughs> live on a podcast. I'm like, shit, we might have to cut some of this out. So this is where it actually gets kind of astounding, right? Because we were comparing it to a PGA Tour win earlier, right? And we're saying, yeah. okay, maybe it's not that weird that he can make more than you know a, a senator in, with one event win because they do that in the PGA Tour, right? You know, guys are making millions of dollars. But this payout is huge. Like this is one of your. This is a major. This is a major's payout, and it happens across every placement. Dude, this is in double. his career. This is double. There's 66 of these races per year. Yeah. You have to think if his average over half the time he wins, half the time he comes in second or third, right? Yeah. The average payout for the winner has got to be you know north of seven mil per race. There's 66 of these. Yeah. Per year. What do you do with that? Like, you, I guess, feed, well, and think about this. You so feed on, the city for yeah. an entire year, well, I on guess. On the PGA I Tour. I wonder what his charity, charity was yeah. like. I wonder what the taxes were like on that money. Ooh, nuts. That's interesting. Probably, mm, great point. Probably nuts. But, all right, so think about this. On the PGA Tour, like, if you, not just the purse, but if you win one of the highest paid tournaments, it's like, I don't want to say only, it's like three point something mil. Mm-hmm. It's not five, like 5.1. This is two extra million dollars. And this dude's getting it half of his paychecks a year. Yeah. 30 of them. Near, he has, near he has pretty them. much, he has a few more wins than he does second and third placements, which is yeah. impressive. This is very um, impressive. Yeah. So that's a lot of money. And the fact that, you know, I mean, this dude had so much money. And the fact that he didn't piss anyone off that wanted to kill him, the I, fact that he didn't die during a extremely dangerous sport, the fact that he just lived out his life and retired and nothing consequential ever happened to him I, with this amount of money. I just don't understand why you keep doing it. With such a risky sport, when you have obtained so much wealth. For the love of the game, man. Dude, I think, he's got, I think he just loved charioteering. Well, think about it. Like I heard someone say this one time. It was like, I was listening to a podcast and someone was complaining about, I think it was like Mick Jagger or something, right? I'll get back to what we were talking about. And the podcast host was like, what do you think? Like Mick Jagger goes out in front of a crowd of hundreds of thousands of people screaming his name nightly. Like you're, you're, you're not a regular person after that. Like imagine having hmm. 250,000 people. Addiction. Addiction, dude. Not even addiction, but you win five mil every time you do it. Yeah, it's like probably that thing that you just kind of want to stay in a little bit longer. Yeah, and you, know? you get some massive adrenaline You're like, rush. Especially when you've raced 4,260 times and you haven't died. It's just like, come hey, on, you I know got what? one more. Maybe he's just a man of the people. Maybe he was like, you know, there is some 10-year-old kid for his first time today in the stands. You think he's he signing cloaks? He came to see me. 
He came to see you me. You think he's signing cloaks out here after the match? <laughs> they have Sharpies signing back then? Cloaks. Just in Signing ink. togas? In ink. <laughs> sign <laughs> yeah, togas. What do you yeah. sign it with? Signing togas. I think so. Dude, he had to be. So, obviously, incredible wealth. Yeah. What got Ryan and I thinking about this when we first discussed this topic is how the hell did ancient Rome have such a thriving economy to where they were able to support this kind of activity? 250,000 people in these stadiums uh, 66 times a year. Like when, when we think of ancient times, we always think of struggle, hunger, you know, uncomfortable. There's, there's, uh, there's a very wealthy class and then there's everyone else who's poor, you know? So how do you have 250,000 people who can support this entertainment industry? Right. Um, so along the lines of uh, podcast of the future, we asked ChatGPT. Yeah. Um, another elaborate response, I think. Yeah. Pretty another, good. Another good one from ChatGPT, although it, it gave us a little bit more than we needed. I think uh, we could probably ask it to uh, summarize a little bit better next time. Yeah. But our question was, what were the economic drivers of ancient Rome during this period that allowed athletes to be paid so handsomely? ChatGPT responds, during the period when Gaius Apuleius Diocles lived, 2nd century AD, several economic drivers contributed to the wealth of individuals, including athletes in ancient Rome. Agriculture was a huge one. Uh, We mentioned that a little bit. There was uh, grain, olives, grapes. Um, They had trade and commerce to move that agriculture. They were located on the Mediterranean. Slavery. The ugly truth, that's how you get 250,000 people free is because there's a lot of people uh, living in, you know, complete poverty, uh, being used for free labor to generate your economic wealth and prosperity for those that are able to control those resources. Taxation was the big one. Wonder how much uh, Diocles' earnings got taxed. Um, But the thing to remember is that, and a lot of these play into each other, Tribute and plunder was another one they mentioned, the military conquests to conquer other territories. And the taxation plays into that as well, because in, uh, in addition to taxation on uh, you know, local Roman uh, residents, obviously they're taxing these um, territories that they've accumulated through uh, war and, and takeover. They said like across Europe, some of Asia, a little bit of Africa, mm-hmm. right? It was everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing these guys had was coinage and currency. They established mm. uh, their own currency, which allowed for free trade and economic movement, um, which obviously is uh, impressive because when you're just using resources like grain and clothing and shelter and stuff as a means to trade, you can't have that that free movement uh, like you can. Man, those guys... So impressive. Yeah. The ancient Romans. Yeah. The the road structures, the aqueducts, 2,000 years ago. Dude, it's just the roads. And and even there's things like creating a currency, just just so many miles ahead of where you think they would be as a society. They had it all. Yeah. Um, Thriving. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. I mean, they had thriving sports. They could, they were, you know, they're economy was good enough to where they could spend this much money on a sport all the time, you know? And, I mean, this is probably what, you know, other sports probably grew from this. And, like, as they said, the Colosseum is the most famous, you know, arena to visit in Rome, and it wasn't even their top sport. I just wonder, 
quality of life for someone who is upper upper class, upper middle class even in ancient Rome. Yeah. Think about how good that you have you have a society. Like com- compare this to today. You have a society that functions well. They have uh, obviously uh, you know f- fitness was big for them. They had gyms, they had big bathhouses, they have uh, plenty of food. There's feasting, there's sporting. Um, like, what are you missing out on? And there's gambling. You can watch. You can watch some cool shit like Dude, gladiator yeah. games. Yeah. You know, it's it's before there's all these laws. In I there, know. Well, you know, and and no. and you you watch you can watch people fight to the death. <laughs> like it's just yeah. it's just okay, a little bit of it's a little bit of lawlessness, but you still have the semblance of a society and an economy. Yeah. Which is which is crazy. It's it's a crazy balance. I think the the thing that I would miss, AC. Well, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. But no then, doubt. but then, I mean, obviously, but back then, but back then, obviously terrible. But they had slaves with the big leaves, you know, that would like, <laughs> blow them well, off. The thing is, though, back then you didn't have AC, so you didn't know what you were missing. True. You know, so True. like if you had a, well, back then I bet like. Let's say they knew where the wind blew because they just knew the earth better back then, I think. So if you knew where the wind was blowing and stuff, maybe, you know, the higher you are in the building, obviously it gets hotter because heat rises, but there's nothing blocking your wind. So maybe you could get like some nice airflow through a room, you know? I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. It's pretty speculative here, Ryan. I know. I'm just thinking out loud. (laughs) But, you know, more money, bigger building. You 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 also must have felt living in a city like that in a time like that, that you were on the cutting edge. Like, yeah. this is modern. I wonder if there's anywhere in the world you can be right now that was so much, right now that's so much further advanced than the rest of civilization as ancient Rome at its peak. Um, I don't, wow, I, I, I truly don't no, think. Nothing, nothing on earth, but maybe that's what, you know, just life online is going to be. I don't know. The metaverse. The met- no, eh. I don't know. All right, question for you though. Okay. With uh, not not I'm not putting you back in 100 AD Rome. Okay. I'm saying today. Yes. Only once. Okay. The Bank of America. Okay. In Charlotte, North Carolina. There is an entire gladiator tournament. Yes. You go? Is it to the death? Yes, the gladiator Roman gladiator tournament. There are twelve fights. There are twelve fights. God, are they putting this on the jumbotron? Oh yeah, of course. Are they putting this on the jumbotron? And do they have yes, that four uh, cameras, one from each angle? And no, okay. no five. They're gonna have you know the NFL games. They have the camera that goes above the field. They mm-hmm. got the aerial view too. Wow. Are yeah. they gonna have that um, uh, that video generated panther running up and down <laughs> around and, and and prancing around the stadium? Uh, what, only when the real panther comes out. Oh, there's a real panther. Yeah, there's a real panther at some point. Um, okay, so three, I think we've talked about this a little bit before on one of the pod episodes. I don't know if it made it live we? or not, but I I had the hot take that okay. you should be allowed to have fights to the death for entertainment with amongst consenting adults. You did. I forget about. Oh, you did. Okay. So I think no. I think my so answer on in. this you're my in. answer on this is pretty clear. I, okay. I it it has to be amongst consenting adults. They have to have some kind of. Uh, compensation structure that's appropriate for them. They have to be in a stable state of mind or, or it's for people who are sentenced 
to death oh. for a crime, and you can either take the chair or you can participate. Time out, time like, out, time I want them to be scumbags, I want, I want to make this. I want to make this better. If you're going to go the death row route, if you win, you're off death row. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty wild. I don't know that we want those people off death row, though. That's a good point. But maybe they go to maybe they maybe go, they go to like high security prison, but it's actually kind of nice. Maybe they go to you. You have five more years, but you have to go through intense therapy. Like I don't think you, you can just do one gladiator it. fight, though. I think you need to. You got to be in the circuit for like a full year before you you get. Oh. Because okay. obviously, okay. if they win, they're gonna be. You know, people are gonna. Enjoy, they're they're going to make a, a name okay, for themselves. Okay, how about this? How about this? How about this? That makes it it's interesting. This, all right, now we're going to turn this into uh, not a league. Like I said, my stipulation to you was only one arena fight. But let's let's turn this. Let's say for one year, they're going to do they're going to do ten in ten major cities across the United oh States. How about this? Because if you think about it, because okay, so there's twelve fights in each one. You got to win as an inmate on death row. You got to win three. To get off of death row, so then you're looking at you're, well, uh, you're only going to have a certain amount of people that are. Wait, off there's death row. there's ten though. I think you have to win. You have to survive for a year, and I think you only survive the entire year. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I think that's the only way you get out of it, right? But I feel like if you let's let's say on fight three, you you have a great fight, right? Maybe at the end there's going to be injuries the end, for they, these guys. They, right. Right. Let's say let's say you break a leg on number three, and you still win, and then you're like, fuck, I got to win seven more. Then you lose hope, you know and you don't it, fight as much. You know what it comes down to? What? It's got to be, you know when they pan up to the king, right? Yeah. And he, yeah. and he has his thumb sideways, and then it's either a yes Upper or down. a no. Yep. That's it. It's, it's all, there's one decision maker. It's performance. And it's Joe Biden. <laughs> it's performance based. Joe, it's the president of the United States. The president goes to every single yeah, fight, he's got his every own single chain. arena, and just thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. I love that. And you can think whatever you want of the guy, but you can't tell me that Donald Trump wouldn't be electric in this atmosphere. <laughs> oh, All right. Incredible. Last, last question to you before we wrap this up. You're a gladiator fighter. Okay. What What is your weapon of choice? I'm not going to do the long spear that they use. I just think that's worthless unless you can whip someone on. If, if you're really skilled with mm-hmm. it, I'm going with. You know the 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 sword that um, in Game of Thrones that um, God I'm I'm a big Game of Thrones fan and I'm blanking out but um um. Ah, what's it dies in the first season um, from the shoulder injury? You know, like the sword with looks like a half moon. Yeah, like the crescent sword. Yeah, yeah, crescent sword. Okay, that's a good move. Given that I'm jacked and I can handle it, <laughs> but so, which, which we're not. But let's just say I am. Yeah. So I think if I was a big brute, yeah, I would go with uh, either. There's. There's one that's kind of like a, a, a net that you can like throw out and try to trap somebody and bring them back in, and then you have like a club or something. There's also one that's a club with a chain attached to it with the big ball that you spin around. And I think that doesn't suit me right. You know, like I'm not a big brute. I gotta I gotta rely on like speed and agility. So I think I'm having like a smaller sword, like either like a dagger or maybe some throwing knives. No, dude. Yeah, you you get two. You get the two small knives. Mm-hmm. That you can handle really, you could spin them on your fingers. Yeah. You know, you can spin, slice. You're like, uh, I don't know which Ninja Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle has them, but you got the, the yeah. two, 
the tri-point knives. Yeah. I could see you doing that. Yeah. 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 Just just so our listeners remember, this is our intellectual half of the uh, <laughs> pod, so uh, very mean, very thought-stimulating. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, if you're enjoying this conversation, let us know. Leave a comment. Yeah, absolutely. One... Do you think there should be modern-day gladiatorial fights? If you have any conditions, throw those in there. And two, what's your weapon of choice? Or, and, who would you want to fight? Name them, and we'll say it on the podcast. Bang, bang. So, Ryan, it sounds like you're about to be a a pretty busy man in the podcasting world. The Half and Half Club just isn't quite enough for you. Tell, tell, well, tell me why. What, do, else, what else do you have going on? I do love the Half and Half Club, but um, I've, for, I, you know, I've always wanted to kind of do like more. Uh, I've also wanted to do an inter, interview style podcast. Mm. And, and lately, um, I've been preparing. Well, Selena and I have been doing multiple Spartan races this year. We're about to do our third here in November. And I've also been preparing for a marathon in December. And I've ran a half marathon this year. And so I, I've gotten into running and I've really enjoyed it. And I'm not going to focus, you know, my new podcast on running, but I do want to talk to other runners, learn from them because there's so much that I'm learning about the running scene now that mm-hmm. I'm kind of starting to get into it. And I'd love to learn more about it and just kind of pick their brain, um, see what kind of races people like to do, um, you know see what their training's like, and I also just want to, you know, interview um, some other people who just, you know, want to be the best at what they're at. I would like to interview you about rugby at some point. Okay, so it's not just going to be focused on running. It's going to be probably a, a running-centric, but then also bringing in different athletes and kind different of athletes and, talking and, about how they prep for their sport, yes, what it and, means to them, what and, they get out of it. And, like, some, some business owners. Like, I... Okay. I just I just really want to talk to people who want to better themselves and I don't know just kind of going for whatever they love and doing what they love and it's fun to talk to people who are passionate about what they're doing. Sure. Because um, my neighbor here I didn't know it so works for the same company I do. Okay. Um, and I was you know he's got a dog I got a dog we were outside walking the other day and he mentioned that he's got a hot sauce company that he and no a buddy, he and a buddy started like two years ago and they're like you know been a lot of hoops they had to jump through. It started to be a restaurant at first. They didn't want to go that route. Now they're in the hot sauce business. And so I've been like keeping up with him on that. And so I would like to, you know, I thought that was dope and I want to pick his brain about it. So I mentioned, um, he even come on this podcast or, or that podcast, maybe both. I'd like to, you know, interview him. Great dude, you know, and, um, Buccaneers fan, but I would like to just, just people like that who are just interesting. Um, just pick their brain. It's a, and it's a good, because not often do you get, especially people our age, you get to sit down and just talk to them for a few hours, and mm-hmm. it's a good excuse once a week, to twice a week to just sit down. You know, think about be intentional with how you're going to talk to someone, yeah. listen to them, you know, ask good questions, and you know, try to learn something to make your own life better. Yeah, I think the podcast really provides you with an opportunity to truly focus like you mentioned on something you want to about another person that and it just gives you a lot more um uh, ability to put attention on it than just a you know conversation in passing would and both people come in a little more prepared and you're you're on topic and you actually get to learn and and discuss with them so awesome when can we expect to 
to see more in this space? Great question. Um, next week, I will be recording the first episode of the podcast. It'll just be myself. I'll kind of give like a background on, um, you know, how I kind of started this whole running journey. It won't be a long one. Just kind of give my everyone, whoever listens, like a background of where I'm coming from. So they know why I'm talking about what I'm talking about. And then I think on the second podcast will, will be my first interview. I'm between a few people right now. Um, probably going to have Celine on the first okay. one because as you and I both know, Celine was never big into working out. And then, you know, after college, got into it and um, is a beast now. So I kind of want to yeah, pick her brain. Be, and, I'd actually be really interested to yeah. hear kind of her fitness journey and what fitness means to her. So, um, okay. Well, we, I think we've got... This podcast obviously draws in a little bit of a wide crowd because we've, yeah. yeah. we've got kind of a, a casual piece. We've got some, uh, you know, intellectual topics that we dive mm-hmm. into and do a pretty healthy mix of both. So, yeah. uh, you know, who from our listener base do you think would enjoy this new podcast? What, what kind of groups do you see enjoying it? Good question. I, um, they will be slightly longer than okay. an hour. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for an hour to two, you know, uh, two hours on the long end. And, and honestly, I, it, it's more of, I love what makes people tick. Mm-hmm. And I think that whatever your passion is, even if, you know, you're passionate about one thing, someone else is about passionate about something else. It's so interesting to listen to people, why they love what they do, what makes them tick and little things they do to improve what they do. I don't know. Some, so if, if you enjoy, um, I don't know, if you enjoy learning, like I, I, I love listening to podcasts because I love learning things. Mm-hmm. And I've always heard so many podcast hosts talk about how much they've learned just by hosting a podcast. Yeah. And I was always kind of jealous about that. Well, I think too, a lot of people are, a lot, a lot of people who are high achievers are also humble, right? Yeah. And they're not just going to come up to you and say like, here's my secret sauce. Like, here's what I do every day. Um, and it's almost, I've always kind of enjoyed interviews for jobs because I, I feel like it's one of the few venues where you get to actually kind of a little like brag a little bit about the things that you've accomplished without, you know, being cocky. And I think a podcast and interviewing someone on one of those gives people the same opportunity to say, you know, here's what I do that I'm proud of in a safe setting without you know, seeming braggy. Right. Um, Cause I want so to know. I, I think you learn a lot yeah. from that kind of structured format. So I, I personally am looking forward to hearing some of the conversations you have and, Thank uh, you. being Thank on you. as a guest, if you'll have me. So, Absolutely. and, uh, um, we'll, one of the reasons, the main reason I'm doing it is cause I've never looked at an interview as you just said it as hmm. uh, you know, looking forward to it, bragging about yourself. And that taught me something. And just you saying that on a podcast with me, that's like one of the reasons I want to do it. So. Bang. Bang. Watch this, watch this space for more. We'll certainly uh, continue to give plugs. Um, we have a topic in mind for the casual half. I don't know if you have a better segue than I do. Um, so I'm gonna throw, I, I, okay. can, I can segue it. Okay. All right. How about this? It. How about this? I'll try to segue it, and huh. then I kind of want to hear your segue, too. So let's see how you can segue it. But okay. how about this? So as I'm running more, you know, I, I, my mileage is getting up there weekly. Okay. It's not like crazy. I'm not doing like hundred mile weeks. Like I'm, I, I'm doing about forty two miles this week. Um, That's a lot. That's a lot of miles in a week. Yeah, for it, for the average man. Yeah, it, it's getting up there because you know I'm I'm building up a lot, and then you know the last two weeks you taper down a little bit. So 
And the more I'm running, I'm just hungry all the time. Sure. Because I'm burning so many calories. Like, you know, I ran three on Monday. I ran speed work on Tuesday. I ran six. And then I lifted after. And then I ran five on when no i ran eight on wednesday i ran no three on wednesday eight yesterday and then today i did hot yoga and dude i'm just i'm I'm so hungry and so all right my eating i've done every breakfast now i do like a protein shake because Mm -hmm. i've just been listening to a lot of runners talk and i've heard a lot of people talk about and i mean you probably know this too and i've heard you talk about it is you, people don't get as much protein as they think they need. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and, and I looked at my diet and I'm like, I needed more protein in it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to inject that in there. And so, and for, and for lunch, people are going to laugh at me for this. Every day I have four scrambled eggs. Yeah. That's it. But now that I've been running, I need more carbs. So yeah. I, I do, I have I think you eggs need more calories too. And that's, rice. That's I need, okay. And rice. Yeah, so usually my point. biggest meal is at night. Mm-hmm. I eat a lot at night, like dinner, and then mm-hmm. I usually have like a snack after. But so I, I've been doing eggs and rice, and then after lunch, I'll do, I have like trail mix in there, so I'll be eating mm. trail mix. So, and I was looking for a healthier alternative at night other than like popcorn or something sweet that I crave. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I was like, there's got to be like... And I, I, I was watching YouTube videos of a guy running, and he was like, you know, this is what I have. Sometimes at night, like, he has bagels and stuff, but I don't want a lot of – I didn't want that much bread, hmm. but I've always loved cereal, and it's been so long since I've had cereal. And I was like, okay, I'll do a healthier cereal. So I did, like, the – it's not crazy healthy, but it's just carbs. I want carbs, too, mm-hmm. because I'm running in the morning. Sure. So I kind of carb up at night, mm-hmm. and so I'm having – I just have, uh, I started last night, was uh, like Honey Nut Cheerios. Staple. 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 Solid, staple, you know, nothing right home about, but, um, you know, something to look forward to. It's kind of in that middle ground, you know. So I, uh, I was like a kid in the fucking candy store getting cereal because it's been so long. But There's dude, something special about being in that cereal aisle. Something. Like Nostalgia. The colors, the, the, the everything. I don't know about you. Did, you. did you eat cereal growing up? Sure. Yeah. Oh, bro. Bro. It was. I would get up before school. I would get a bowl of cereal. Mm-hmm. I would turn on ESPN. Oh. And you know how it, in the mornings they weren't live yet, so they'd yeah. be in circles. They'd do rounds. It'd just be on repeat. So I'd just watch like one or two. I'd watch the top ten like twice. Mm-hmm. Eat a bowl of cereal. I'd get up early for this too. And then I'd watch uh, CMT, country music videos. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that was my morning. And then uh, i go to school. So I would have cereal all the time because I was the only one up yeah. when I was young. So, dude, I've had so much cereal. Looking back on it, some of those cereals are so bad for you. Oh, yeah. So Just filled bad with sugar. For you. And it's all the... the, the business strategy for them is all just marketing, right? Yeah, that's they're, it. They're throwing all their money at marketing to kids on the kids' TV shows that we would watch. So maybe not ESPN, but I remember my experience was more, my my mom was pretty health conscious, right? So mm. she would give us sugar cereals, but it was more like a treat. It was like a weekend thing. Mm. So mm. we're getting up and we're watching, I don't know, like ABC for Kids or Disney Channel or you know whatever in those shows, and they are just filled with all the commercials for the cereal so that when mom brings you to the grocery store, 
you're nagging the hell out of her. You're like, mom, 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 yeah. we need these, we need this, we need this, we need tricks. <laughs> tricks are for kids, mom. You know? <laughs> and uh, and then finally they just give in, you know. So yep. that's that's the whole thing is just advertise to the kids, let the kids annoy mom enough in the grocery store to where she puts it in the basket. Um, but okay, we've got the preface now. What are we doing with cereals? All right, John, we're gonna do our first draft. Okay. You know, I'm excited for this. I am too. I'm excited. Just to, just to preface this draft, we've been wanting to incorporate little games into the casual section yep. of the podcast. Um, we've seen other people do it successfully. We've enjoyed them. Um, I'll give a shout out uh, on Instagram, The Bread Basket. These, it's these two dudes. They're brothers, and they do all sorts of fun stuff like this. Uh, they, they do a bunch of drafts. I'm, I'm curious. Maybe they've done one on cereal. Uh, they might have. I, I don't know. I didn't know they were bros. They are brothers, yeah. Hmm. So... Uh, shout out to them for this format. We haven't done too much like it. We gave uh, we gave Bell the uh, questionnaire on on English terms, but something fun to add to this uh, to add to the segment. Let us know if you like it. Um, but okay, Ryan, take us away. What's right. our draft? So this is we we draft. We go back and forth, but we got to know who's drafting first. So to do so, we have a open Tums cap. So we're gonna flip the Tums cap. Okay. All right, you're gonna call it in the air. So what, open what side. Was, okay. Open side. Close side. Okay. I'm going to let it drop. Okay. And if you choose it, it will let you choose. If you get it right, you choose first. Okay. If you get it wrong, I choose first. Okay. Call it in the air. Okay. Close side. It is open, open side. Oh, I will okay. go first. With the first pick of the Let's inaugural go. half and half club. Let's fucking go. Serial draft. Um, okay. So we've, we've both done some research. Yep. I have, there's, there's 10 total picks. In this draft, we yep. we may not have all the same cereals, but I know I at least picked ten just in case uh, we have the same exact list, and, and I need to yep. go all the call. way down to pick ten. It's a good call. Um, let's see. All right, Ryan. All right, you're you're on the clock. The number one best cereal, and and should we give a little bit more preference? Yeah, sure. Yeah, this cereal draft, right? It's Best childhood st- cereals, most nostalgic childhood cereals. Let's go child. Uh, um, yeah, childhood. Like what you would eat as a kid. Not right now, but as a kid. Okay. 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 I'm st- I'm still on board. Yeah, me too. Me too. All, All right. right. Here we go. Number one pick. With the number one pick in the the half and half club podcast, pick number one from aisle number seven. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ah, uh, you know what, Ryan? I commend you for that pick. Thank I think you. I think this guy, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, is a clear favorite for the number one spot. Uh, all the scouts had him going at number one. Bro, the, the didn't the, miss. He was the, he was number one on my list. This cinnamon milk at the end. This cinnamon milk at the end. The crunch in the beginning. That's so so hard to follow. It's fantastic. That's so hard to follow. Um, okay, I'm on the clock. With my first pick mm-hmm. in the inaugural half and half club cereal draft, I'm going to pick Tony the Tiger. They're great. <laughs> Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes. Boom. Okay. okay. I need I yeah, need yeah. someone who's a big time player who could compete, longevity, anchor my team. Frosted Flakes is that guy. Um probably Tony, the, Tony the Tiger. Probably the number guy. one cereal mascot out there, I'd say. Yeah, up there yeah, for sure. He's no a staple. Doubt. He's a staple. Yeah, a solid player. Yeah, he is. A veteran for your team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Second round, I'm going with Captain Crunch with berries. 
Okay, specific. Does that take all other cats and crunch you off the board? Uh, I, I think it should. Okay, I think yeah, it should. That's fair, that's I, fair. I appreciate that you called out the berries. Yeah, I wanted to leave to, it up to, to you. To make sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think cats and crunch is fully off the off the table. Mm-hmm. Also, an iconic mascot. Um, big cereal guy, or uh, big sugar guy. Oh, oh my God! Yeah. You know what though? I I will say I don't want to hate on the number two or number three overall pick here too much. Okay. Uh, no, you can hit I was, I was never that, that much of a fan of Captain Crunch. I thought they they got it right with the marketing. They've got the captain out there. He's a good character. Um, I thought the sweet parts of the cereal were good, mm. and the filler mm. uh, gets stuck in your teeth a little bit. Mm. Not, well, it does. Uh, it gets mushy, and then mm-hmm. it kind of solidifies. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit. I would, I would always mix Captain Crunch in with something else. See, that's what I did with Frosted Flakes. I mixed okay. it. That's interesting you say that. Okay. Um... All right, I, I think for a number four pick, this guy is right where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't think I'd, I don't think I'd pick this one. It's certainly a top five. My second pick, fourth overall, Lucky Charms. Oh, God damn it. Good pick. Yep, that was my next one. That was my next one. I mean, did you – how did you eat them? Did you eat the marshmallows last? Uh – I I'd, I'd say I think I tried to I think I tried to balance it out. I mm-hmm. think I tried to no, definitely not last. I don't have the patience for last. Oh, bro. Sometimes I'd pull them out if I'm just snacking or if me and my sister are both having a bowl, you know, I'm making sure that I'm getting more marshmallow to cereal ratio. Yeah. Certainly. But I'm 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 I like a, I like them to be mixed in there. So, I will a quick quick um Side piece on that. Mm-hmm. Lucky Charms brought out the devilish side in me. I would open the box in the bag, and I would, I would move the box to. I'd tilt it to one side, and then tilt it to the other side, and see which side had more marshmallows, and then I'd use that side to dump it in my bowl. So I didn't want to reach in and move it. I didn't want to put my fingers on it, but I wanted to see where they were. Yeah. And sometimes I'd bounce it up and down, move them around. But I would go through spurts. Sometimes I would just eat it regularly, and if a marshmallow was in there, I'd eat it. But there were some times where I would eat it's, all of the regular cereal, and then I'd eat the marshmallows last. It's a very interactive cereal, which is yeah. you know why I'm, I'm happy to have it on my, uh, on my roster. I'm actually it, really jealous. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good. But, you know, you, uh, you saved up for it. That was really good. Um, Third pick, fifth overall. What, okay, what you got, all right. Ryan? I will preface this next pick um, with this. I... Almost picked them for number two, but okay. I didn't want you to take Captain Crunch. I, I didn't know that you know you weren't going to take Captain Crunch. Do you remember Oreos? Um, I I do. I don't know that I ever ate them as a kid. <laughs> Dude, Oreo made a uh, a cereal, and they are incredible. It was incredible, and they took them a while for a way, and they brought them back like a year or two ago. Because I remember walking through and seeing like the it's a. Blue box with a big O on it, and I was like, "Holy shit, it's back!" You know, I don't know how to feel about this pick. Okay, Ryan, I think Oreos is a guy, and it's a brand. It's kind of like a, a, a convert athlete. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like it's, they're they're high profile in the 
snack dessert game, and then yeah. they, you know, you, you pay them a bunch of money and get them to get them to come over to your sport for a couple of years. It's like Bo Jackson kind of, you know, like a little Deion bit, Sanders. A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you're okay. almost just bringing them in for their profile, and I, I think because of that, they don't have to work as hard to, to put an actual good product out. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that cereal does. For well, you. their product was fantastic. I'm, I'm interested to see how it performs. Okay. Um, third, third round for me. So far, I've got Frosted Flakes at one, Lucky Charms at two, mm-hmm. which are both pretty sugary cereals. I'm gonna tone it down. Uh, I'm gonna tone it down just a little bit with this one. Okay. I want a, a pretty diversified roster here, so we can, um, you know, work work well and, and cover a lot of bases. It's fair. Uh, my number three. This is one similar to your pick with number two that I just don't want to. I don't. I don't want them to. Uh, get snatched up before I get a chance to take them. Right. And that is Honey Bunches of Oats. Good. Okay, okay. I didn't have it on there, but it's a damn good cereal. It's a it's a damn good cereal. It's not necessarily a kid's cereal mm-hmm. um, through and through. They're not doing a bunch of marketing to kids, I don't think, but they're a sweet but also semi-healthy cereal. Yeah, yeah. D- definitely flies under the radar, but, like, steadily always there, you know? Um it's like Tyler Lockett, you know, for the Seahawks. You're not going to be like Tyler Lockett's one of the best receivers in the league, but it's, he's been a, he's been a great it's, receiver it's, for like seven years. It's not years. a top five pick, but I think it's comfortably number six. Yeah, okay. And that's why I chose it. It's not a girl you date in college. It's the girl you marry. Yes, Okay. exactly. I like that. I like that. Um, great pick. I'm going to stay on the sugar train. I figured you would. <laughs> You're, you are building quite a sugar roster. I am. I really am. Um, I'm going to go with, it's just one word, s'mores. You are pulling some ones out of the hat here. Dude, that I, they're so good. What are you talking about? Do you remember s'mores? Uh, dude, I don't know if I ever had s'mores. Oh, Do you have a photo of the box here? God, yeah, let me pick it up. Let am, me get am it I, Am I See, alone it wasn't even. It wasn't even on the one I was looking at, so I, I thought I was going to yeah. get you. I was like, he, he's not going to see s'mores. You're... you're you're going out to Yugoslavia and scouting here. You know, you're you're finding the talent overseas. Yeah. You're you're finding the guys at the D three colleges. Yeah. You know the lesser knowns. I respect that. I will say I respect that pick. Yeah, that's a good cereal. Yeah, it's a fantastic. It's a very cereal. tasty cereal. And I remember when it came out. I I'm also a big sucker for s'mores too. Like just the yeah. s'more snack in general. In but, general. Yeah. So anytime that anything is s'mores flavored, I'm a sucker. And I had high expectations for this, and it. Did disappoint. It was always so good. Okay. Now I want some s'mores. Good, good pick. Well, I, dude, with all these miles you're running, I think you can. Know. You can afford to add them in. No, I can't have that much sugar um, this late. Okay. My next pick. For my next pick, I'm gonna go with a cereal that I think was pretty on top of the marketing game. They had a few good characters. And a pretty good uh, commercial platform. Okay. And that is Apple Jacks. I got a... What? You're better than that. You're better than that. Cinnamon. You are better than that. The cereal itself, I won't say was a staple in my pantry by any means. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, Ryan, I'm going for a diversified okay. roster that covers that. a lot of bases, and I think they had 
a very good advertising scheme. When you saw Cinnamon on TV, the Jamaican guy. Yep. Yeah. That was a good commercial. It was. You enjoyed it. And I will say. I, I, think, I think having them on my team is going to elevate the rest of the cereals in here. We're going to see. We're going to see. Yeah, like, I like Honey that. Bunches okay. of Oats could definitely use to take some tips from Cinnamon. I, I see great opportunity for collaboration there. You know, and that's why I'm adding them. And I think maybe I steered away from them, and I was appalled by them because they had Apple in a serial name. And I think I just wanted away from it, to be mm-hmm. honest. And I had them a few times. Um, I just see I had them as um, in my overrated category. Okay, but but I, you know, respect to that. I mean, I like some things that people don't like, and you know, I can see that. I can see that. You know, I mean, I can see that. Okay, um, you know, all right, it works. And it works. I, I think I'm aware of some of that, and I'm drafting them for who they are. I love it. I love it. Okay, all right. I'm really conflicted for my next one. Is this this is your final pick? Correct? Yeah. Okay. And I'm gonna disrespect three I mean it is a it is a tragedy that we haven't said one of these. I'm gonna disrespect about three of these by not picking them. Okay. We gotta talk at least we gotta talk honorable mentions after this. Okay. Okay. You're by the way, you're gonna hate my five. God damn, I know I am. I know, I know. All right. Um, mm, mm, okay. And if you okay. pick it, I will be shocked. Okay. I'm, you know what? I'm going to take a I'm gonna take a page out of your book. Oh, okay. I'm going diversity here. All right. Booberry. I have no idea what Booberry is. <laughs> what are you talking about? Where are about? you finding these? This isn't Dude, even deep. What are you talking about? This is NAIA. No. What, what no, shelves no, 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 no. What shelves are these guys this on? This is Nick Saban, dude. Have you, uh, around Halloween time, you've seen Count Chocula? Yes. Count Chocula, there's, so there's, okay, this there's is Count niche. Chocula, this then is there's, niche. then there's the strawberry one, and then there's the blueberry one. This is blueberry. It's the blueberry one. It's fantastic. It's incredible. Okay. <laughs> it's diversity, man. Uh, I was thinking about this. All of my, all, see, this is a different diversity. All of my cereals are different colors. Okay. Yeah. There you go. We go cinnamony, you know, got that nice brown, yeah. red look, you're, you know, you're, you're Captain Crunch. Off, you're checking off the ESG boxes. Yellow. See, I don't see a lot of color, so the fact that I got color in here is kind of nice, you know. And then I go straight to Oreo Black, you know, we get in there, we get chocolatey, all good. And then we go s'mores, it's a little flavor, white, a little brown in there, and then we go blue. So, yeah. Okay. Um, my number five goes against everything that you've drafted on. Um, it is the Tim Tebow of this league. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number five is just outworking everybody, not out partying on the weekends. <laughs> this is your true grinder. Okay. Um, and you're going to argue, I think, that this isn't a kid's cereal or that this doesn't belong. Um, and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to let you argue it, and then I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Okay. All right. With my number five pick, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the cereal draft, I choose Wheaties. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I don't know how to feel about this one. It's a classic. It's a staple. Eat your Wheaties. You know, kids would do it. Great cereal box. TJ Watt was on it before the football season. Um, you know, if you don't... If you get the beginning of the box with the, it's frosted on one side, it was frosted Wheaties, right? No. Oh, 
I got. I have nothing to say to you. Straight Wheaties. <laughs> what are you talking about? All right, All I right. gotta hear your well, argument. Here, here's the argument. So my childhood cereal experience is different than yours, right? Right. My mom, like I said, was very health conscious. She wouldn't let us Good kids point. have yeah. a lot of sugar cereal. That was reserved for the weekends. So my sugar cereal experience is weekends watching Disney Channel, fun and stuff. But the other five days of the week, I'm grinding. I'm waking up. I'm going to the sports page, yeah. and I'm down in my Wheaties, and I am reading the back of the box. I'm seeing that athlete. I'm seeing their stats in the sports page, and I'm like, this is the guy I want to be like. Dude, I want to – you're that, in a, that is my That is my kid's cereal experience. Wow. And that is why Wheaties belongs on I my roster. I respect that so my much. My Wheaties is the Monday through Friday that, that's, uh, <laughs> of my team. Yours is – Yours is the gritty day in, day out. Yeah, that's my Tim Tebow, dude. That's your Tim Tebow. <laughs> Saying Holy his prayers shit. at night and he's waking up I, and balling. Wait, would you really read the sports page? Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's S- dope. Sports page, Wheaties. That's Sports page and Wheaties. Damn. That's the weekday, dude. See, that's, I did the... Uh, that's when I we put the, the work in. I did the sweeter version of that all. ESPN and Sugar Cereal. You did it a lot more organically. That's why. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're still an athlete. Yeah. I'm not. Well, kind dude. Of, dude so. Thanks. Thanks to Wheaties. So we got to have him in there. Um, yeah. Shout out Wheaties. Yeah. Shout out Wheaties. The Brock Purdy of this draft. Yeah. Um, and and man, am I hoping for some some similar performance? Okay. So, so what'd you leave to re- off? To recap. Yeah. Recap. Recap. Okay. To recap. Um, I'll read my one through five. You read your one through five. Okay. I am Frosted Flakes, Lucky Charms, Honey Bunches of Oats. Apple Jacks and Wheaties. Okay. That's, I am Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Captain Crunch with berries, Oreos, S'mores, and Booberry. It's a good it's a good draft. I yeah. feel like I'm a little weak with four uh, Apple Jacks at four. I I picked them simply because they were unique in the marketing space. Um, as a, it, as yeah. a cereal. I think they'll I think they'll be in addition to my others. Which See, which ones are which ones are you most hyped about to get? Um, and are there any that you're uh, really going to keep a close eye on mm, for performance here? Good question. So I think first of all, I, th- I want to congratulate you on Honey Bunch's vote. I think that's going to carry you. Thank Maybe you. gets you over the edge. Thank you. Um, so I kind of took a different approach. As I didn't go for the marketing, I went purely mm-hmm. on what I love. I didn't mm-hmm. really care what the, the the masses thought, the public thought. Okay. I went with my gut. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be a, a pretty rotted gut after all that. It is. It around, is. Yes, it will. I'm jacked up though. <laughs> you you are gonna be bouncing off the so walls with this up. team. I'm really excited that I got s'mores at four. I think that they out they they outperform. See, that's the thing. They outperform Captain Crunch most of the time. I think who's my two, but Captain Crunch is just always. I know what I'm gonna get. Yeah. I know what I'm gonna get. It's consistent, big brand, yeah. big name. I gotta be been in, in the mood. league for years. Right. Yes. Exactly. I need to be in a mood for s'mores and blueberry. Blueberries. Hmm. Blueberries one month out of the year. Yeah. Maybe two. You've got your everydays, and then you've got your your niche cravings. Correct. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. But what I I I missed out. What I wish I almost put honey smacks in there. Okay. Do you ever have honey smacks? Mm-mm. Bang it. Um. The, I thought it was a sin. I, probably not, but I, I was so surprised that we didn't have Reese's Puffs Puffs in there. That's a good one. I didn't even have that on my list. I, yeah. I overlooked Reese's Puffs. But again, I'm not I'm not really a sweet guy, as you can probably see with my right. my picks. Cocoa Puffs were another one I had on there um, that we didn't get. The milk after Cocoa Puffs, great. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so pretty chocolate. much gives you chocolate milk at the Stand end, which is awesome, yeah. uh, especially as a kid. Did you ever have Cracklin' Oat Bran? No. 
Very good. Um, they were shaped in like a, as a like a rectangle kind of hmm. with a hole in it. It was like a big O. Um, that would have been my honey bunches of oat. Okay, it's crackling oat brand. I didn't put it in there, but um, that was my. I'm gonna get healthy today. Yeah, let's get some crackling oat brand. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. The only other one I have on my list here that I was between this and Apple Jacks from a marketing play was Tricks. I didn't have it a lot. Tricks are for kids. But it was good Um, when I had it. It was good when I had it. Yeah. Recognizable brand, good in the marketing space. But I I honestly, I never really uh, ate Tricks too much. Did you ever have Cookie Crisp? They did like yogurt and stuff too. Did you have Cookie Crisp? Uh... Not a lot. I had it a few times. That Cookie Crisp was actually really good. Mini cookies. They're just mini cookies. They're just, just mini, mini cookies. cookies. You couldn't go wrong with no, cookie no, crisp. no, no, no. That's a good one. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so what What are some that you just hated? What are some cereals you're like? I don't know how you're still alive. How How did you last that long? <sighs> Man, that's see, a good. That's a good question. Um, see, because I go cornflakes. I go cornflakes. Like, corn oh, cornflakes, awful, terrible. Yeah. How did they? I think they only corn lasted. Cornflakes are like the Long John Silvers of cereals. Wow. That's a great comparison. Because, like, my grandpa would eat cornflakes. Dude, he had to put sugar, he put sugar in his cereal. I to actually, eat so I did recently buy some cornflakes to use um, actually as like a, a, a healthier breading for chicken. You like just smash them up and it's like a. It, Serves as a, a crispy crust when you air fry it. Interesting. Um, and I found myself eating them as a snack with honey. If you drizzle honey on them, they're pretty good. Dude, um, that sounds good. But it's it's outside of that. Like, why are you eating cornflakes? Yeah. Um, See, and I put Rice Krispies in there too because all right, just like cornflakes. I corn was a big Rice Krispie guy actually. You were Snap Crackle Pop. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, fantastic. you get the Rice Krispie treats, yeah, which is yeah. good. Right. Well, that's the thing is Rice Krispies. In almost cornflakes, you use them more as a food outside of the cereal than you do as a yeah, cereal. Yeah, because you could put cornflakes in some of those um, right. little baked goods as well. Right. But that's that's what Rice Krispies... I think that's why Rice Krispies are still alive. Rice Krispie treats. People yeah. know Rice Krispie treats where they yeah. know Rice Th- Krispie Those cereal. are probably for the parents, too, who don't want to be too unhealthy and give their kids too much sugar. So, yeah. you know, they, you settle and they've got to cut the cool little pop to them and stuff. And sure. But I used to I used to down some Rice Krispies. So, um, what do you think? Do we wrap it? Wrap it. That was wrap great. it. Um, all right. Well, listeners, let us know what you thought of Ryan and I's specific drafts. Uh, whose team would you back for a season of cereal eating? Who, who's Who's in your pantry? Um, and let us know if there's anyone we missed. Yeah, and uh, we'll put up a poll on who's better, and we'll uh, see what the outcome is. Till next time. And as always, you can find us where any podcasts are found or email us anything you like about the podcast or any questions at coffeebeers00 at gmail.com. And as always, if you leave, um, answer any polls or answer any questions on Spotify, we will gladly read those off on the next podcast. See you next week.